Welcome to All About Capital Campaigns, a podcast that provides fuel for your nonprofit's growth. Each week, hosts Andrea Kilstedt and Amy Eisenstein, co-founders of the Capital Campaign Toolkit, provide practical tips about raising more money for your nonprofit organization. The Capital Campaign Toolkit is a support system for nonprofit leaders who are running capital campaigns. At CapitalCampaignToolkit.com, you can download a step-by-step guide for your capital campaign and get many other free resources. Here are your hosts, Amy and Andrea. So as you can see, I am not joined by my wonderful partner, Amy Eisenstein today. Amy has had a death in her family and she has gone off Mm -hmm. to a funeral. And we have asked our wonderful colleague, Kent Stroman, to join us. Kent is one of the Capital Campaign Toolkit advisors. And uh, Kent, just tell us a little about, just a little about you, and then I'll then I'll give everyone the lay of the land of what we're going to do. Well, let's see. How far back do you want to go? So, not that um, far. Not that far? Okay. <laughs> so I won't tell you then that I have uh, one brother and no. five sisters. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, my background's higher education. Um, I was in higher ed for 25 years, primarily in finance, before I discovered this beautiful world of fundraising and advancement. And uh, then 20 years ago, 21 years ago, Andrea, I started the, um, the consulting firm which actually, in a way, connected us. And um, uh, boy, it's been a real joy to work alongside you and Amy and Capital Campaign Toolkit and see the impact that you're having literally around the world. All right, Kent, you want to start us off on that great topic? Yeah, so donor love. I'm curious, Andrea, when you use that term, could you give me just a little bit of context in how you think about it? Yeah, I've I've actually thought about it a lot recently. Um, You know, I think I've thought about the, notion of love a lot recently. And um, I don't know if any of you are familiar, many, some of you maybe must be familiar with the work of Thich Nhat Hanh, the the Buddhist monk who is so articulate and who has written so many books. And and he has written a lot on love. And he died recently at the age of 90 something. Mm, Um, And he was a wonderful sage and he wrote a lot on love. And and if you really read what he wrote on love, he he defines love in some way as just having a big heart. Mm. And 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 it's a big heart that kind of embrace can embrace everybody that can embrace everybody and everything. And so his concept of love is not so much directed love, amorous love, immediate love, but it's the love of openness and acceptance and and seeing people for who they are, how they are, as they are. And I've I think as I read his writing that that definition of love is a very good one for the fundraising business, right? That that's the kind of love we want to have for our donors. We don't want the tacky love, the pretending love, the, we certainly don't want the amorous kind of love. Um, But, but we want it to be loving, right? We want to be generous in how we are in the world and we want to be generous in our response to our donors. Hmm. How do you, how do you think about it, Kent? Yeah, well, you're right. It's certainly multidimensional. Um, when I think about um, love, appreciation, stewardship, as it relates to fundraising, it reminds me of a quote that I've never been able to find the source of. 
Uh, but here's what it says. Whatever we praise, recognize, and reward, we will see more of. And oftentimes what I see both sadly in my own behavior and in organizations around me is we ask people to do good things like volunteer or financially support a mission. And they do. And then we immediately ignore that and go on to the next request for people to do good things. And um, um, I, I love it when we're intentional about helping people feel good for doing good. And so, uh, you know, this topic of, of uh, donor love, big heart, um, expressions of stewardship, I think is really timely. Uh, one that is, is easily ignored, but it doesn't take that much effort to set ourselves apart from the norm. Uh, and 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 how, how in your experience, what are the ways in which people have done that that you've seen that have really made a difference? Yeah, so you know, um, it ranges a lot because I believe that it's appropriate for us to be um, more intentional. I'm going to say, yeah, more. I think I think we should be more intentional uh, when it's uh, people who are making gifts that are more significant to them. And we tend to be more, maybe more universal when it's the masses. Um, here's what I think is not necessarily a good answer. Send a ink pen with the name of the organization on it. Right now, that was a great idea the first time it was ever done, but that's a few decades behind us. And who doesn't already have enough ink pens that don't work that well, right? <laughs> and so, um, um, the um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a suggestion kind of in the midpoint, uh, but it, it more than an idea, it's a principle. Somebody once said that people won't throw away or won't discard leather or metal. And so, um, well, actually, I've got right here on my desk, I have a little leather coaster, okay, got my company name on it. And um, a, a coaster doesn't cost a lot. I mean, I think I can get these for about a dollar each. That may be more than what we'd want to use. But, but ask yourself, is there something that's uh, durable and will have a long-lasting impression, a positive impression. Um, and so that's kind of at the, at the smaller end of the scale, right? Uh, when we think about the other end of the scale and, and in my experience, this is sometimes harder. Um, how do we say thank you in an appropriate way to somebody whose resources may eclipse our own resources, right? Um, and can I share two words that I think are really uh, powerful in that, Andrea? Please. Um, so there's, I'm going to share six letter word and then a three letter word. So six letters, notice, N-O-T-I-C-E. I think if we want to thank somebody in a way that's appropriate to them, then we should notice what they notice. Um, what, what is it in their surroundings that captures your attention? Um, somebody said, if you want to know a person's heart, notice what they notice. And so uh, notice uh, pay attention, be attentive, and let the recognition be appropriate to that particular individual. The um, the second one, and Andre, I know you're not going to be at all surprised when I share my three letter word because this might be my three letter favorite three letter word, and it's ask A S K. And so, um, um, actually, I was in a um, I was in a conference years ago 
and one of the one of the uh, trustees of a very large, very prominent foundation made this comment as it related to uh, donor recognition and thanks. He said, "Here's what we don't want. Please don't send us another plaque." He said, "We already have closets full of plaques, and when you do that, we appreciate your intention, but whatever you spend on it is wasted." He said, "If you want to know how we'd like to be thanked, ask us." And I thought, well, that's brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? Um, but but um, I've had some really engaging conversations as I thank people for their gift and then just ask in a very sincere fashion, um, how could we say thank you? And oftentimes that stimulates conversation and unfolds a layer of what's within their heart that's different than what we've talked about in order to even to the point of getting that million dollar or two million or five million dollar gift in the first place. So six letters and three letters. Maybe there's some guidance there. Yeah, thank you, Kent. That's you know, you always have a way with words. I always learn learn something when you share your your nuggets like like that. The idea of asking someone as a way of appreciating them is such an interesting idea. We always think about asking people for gifts, but we don't think about asking people how they want to be recognized. Right. And combining that with noticing people. But I, mm. you know, for for much of my adult life, I have I have always found myself wanting in in being a, a gift giver. Some people look to me like they are natural gift givers, oh, uh-huh. like they always pick the perfect gift. Right. That they have a a knack for it. And I've often felt like like I I don't I haven't done that well in my life. I Mm. just it just hasn't. I have a daughter who who just is amazing at it. She can she manages always to find the perfect gift at the perfect time time for people. And in recent years, much to my delight now, you know, I'm. I'm about to be 77. So it's a long time of my life that went on without having done this. But I bet in the last five or 10 years, I've actually gotten much better at it. And I think the reason I've gotten better at it is because I I am doing better at noticing people. I'm doing better at at noticing, which is what you bring up. Hmm. And I think that that's so that that's the key to to recognizing anyone, right? That, Mm -hmm. that, you know, do you really want a Starbucks card or a pen (laughs) or whatever? Wouldn't you rather, or wouldn't your donor rather have, have a note or an email that, that notices them, that lets them know that you have seen who they are and you have seen the generosity in their hearts, right? Wouldn't that be a better way to do it Mm. right now? I'm not against sending brownies at the yeah. at the toolkit. We actually send people brownies. We like to celebrate by sending people brownies. We do that and we believe in it and it's nice and it's fun and everybody likes it. But but actually taking the time to look at someone and say, mm. you know, Kent, what I I so appreciate your ability to to wordsmith in a way that you can put a message out there so that I will remember it. I suspect is a better thank you to you than any box of candy I could send. And you're very good at that. Thank you, Andrea. Well, you know, to me, it's the heart of, of donor recognition. I mean, I bring it up here, not because it's some 
other topic, of course, but because if we get better at at actually looking at and seeing our donors and start to understand their patterns and start to understand why they give and start to actually see or ask them to share what is in their heart when they make those gifts, Mm. then even small gestures will be big, will be big thanks for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, I I told you before, Kent, that I have a story of a big gesture, and I do want to share that. I do have a story of a big gesture with one of my with one of my my clients years ago. I I did a campaign for a hospital was the first Mm -hmm. campaign this hospital had done in many, many, many years. And I don't know it was to build a, a new women's women's wing, women's health wing. And and there was a woman whose name was Becky. Becky had been a nurse herself and she had served on the volunteer committee, uh, women's auxiliary or whatever they called it. And then she was invited to serve on the board. And this campaign came along and Becky, who was a very capable woman who was retired, took hold of that campaign lock, stock and barrel. I mean, she worked endlessly and tiredly to make that campaign successful. And it was incredibly successful. She worked with the board. She worked with the development director. She worked with the head of the hospital for two and a half, three years. She worked to make that campaign successful. At the end of the campaign, someone on the board decided that they needed a way to recognize Becky for all of her remarkable work. And he went to all of his colleagues on the board quietly and he put together a fund that got, took Becky and her husband to Italy for two weeks. Oh, wow. All expense paid wow. because he knew that they had wanted to do that. Right. What a gift. Yes. Right. What a remarkable gift. It wasn't hospital money. It was personal money from her colleagues put together to do something that she had talked about wanting to do. I mean, she she was just knocked out by it. Mm. And and they had a wonderful time. The board felt great. She felt great. So that was a huge, big gesture, but an appropriate one. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, um, I can give you an example on the other end of the spectrum. And I mentioned that I was in higher ed for a number of years. And and uh, during that time, uh, the university started a nursing program. And there was one lady who had been extremely generous for a variety of reasons to the program. I'd been in Lois's home many times. She lived alone. Uh, she had had a very successful career. Um, she did not want for material possessions. And it was one of those things where going in, in her home, you, you know, you thought, um, what thing can you give her? There wasn't a thing you could give her, but I knew what she loved. She loved nursing. And so um, uh, when it was time, I think this was the second or third class of nursing students to graduate. And they have this uh, special ceremony. Right. And so um, when that happened, um, I got a snapshot of it. And I went to Walmart. This is a high, high dollar uh, story. I went to Walmart and bought a frame for an eight by 10 picture. And I asked all of the, um, the graduates just to write their name on that photograph. And then uh, one of the graduates, young nurse, went with me and we knocked on the door. I, of course, I made arrangements, but, but we knocked on the, the door of, of Lois's home. Her caregiver invited us in. 
And I, I, I uh, said, we wanted to, uh, I wanted you to have an opportunity to hear our appreciation from the voice of somebody who benefited directly from your gift. And so the young nurse, Jennifer, uh, just in very, uh, very natural ways, talked about what it had meant to her to be able to get her nursing degree and where she was headed off to. And then we gave her this simple photograph in a frame and said, um, you know, my classmates and I joined in just saying thank you to her. And you know what? When I came back on other occasions, that little frame that had a was able to be like a tripod and sit on a table was in a prominent place. And it meant so much to her for the remainder of her life. Um, and I know that if we had given her a thing, I could have taken her roses or chocolates <laughs> brownies, uh, she wouldn't have been able to take a trip to Spain for um, for two weeks. But she treasured that as if it had been something that was as costly. That's right. That's right. Yes, it really has nothing to do with cost, does it? Yeah. Right. It has to do with understanding the people who are, who are making mm -hmm. gifts to your organization. It's a matter of, and that's true of everyone. It's a matter of, of making a marriage work, actually. I mean, if you look at love on the other side, you and I have both been married a long time, Kent. Added together, and it's a long time, Andrea. <laughs> oh, added together, it's a very long time, Kent. And, and you know, if you start to think about, well, what makes that that work? It's it's mm. coming to understand, coming to understand the other person, not always agreeing, not always even liking, but coming to understand the yeah. other person and being able to call them out for what's for for what you see that's good, right? These simple these simple things are so difficult to keep in mind sometimes. So we are about to end this part of what we're doing, but put your okay. questions in the Q&A box. I see we don't have a lot of questions. They don't have to be on, on donor recognition. They can be on anything on anything you wish, because so we will soon pivot over, over to your questions. But before we do that, Kent, do you have a final word on this subject of donor recognition and donor appreciation, donor love? You know, I think if I had to boil it down to one word, it would be the word sincere. Whatever you do, if it's sincere um, and if it's done in a sincere way, it will be uh, it will carry the message that it's intended to do. Yeah, funny how hard that is, isn't it? I know. <laughs> we try to make it complicated or extravagant or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to become it, it can be very. It, the problem is that sincerity, particularly, I think, when you when you're crossing often you're crossing so uh, crossing boundaries socioeconomic boundaries for example or you're crossing age barriers right you have a young development director and an older donor or or you know there are all kinds of things that we cross in this business and it's and it's not so easy to be sincere sometimes it's not so easy to let yourself be open yeah. enough to be sincere so i think I, th I think we need to give credence to the to the challenge of doing this well and and defining something in your heart. I mean, let me go back to Thich Nhat Hanh, because why I like his definition of love that the that that the love is within the, is within the individual, right? It's, mm. it's finding in yourself a big heart. Yeah. That is that is big enough to be to be able to share it with uh, with everyone else, and I think that's such a practice. I think every religion, as we've had some people put talk about the Bible in this, every religion has its version of that. But 
I think if you can hold on to that notion and express it mm-hmm. in your fundraising practice, yeah. this business goes from being about money to being about something far more powerful and moving both to you, the the, the development person, and to the donor, right? The the giver that everyone is giving in this in this exchange. Very well said. Kent Stroman, thank you so much for being such a sage and smart and insightful and articulate human being. We are privileged to have you on the toolkit team. Um, well, it's fun to work with you, Andrea. And this was really a robust uh, conversation, not just between the two of us, but uh, with everybody on the call today. And what a fun, over 100 people. Uh, how, what fun. I know, fun, right? So thanks to all of you for being with us. Amy Amy is missing you and we'll be back next week with you all. And we look forward to seeing you all then. Thanks, Andrea. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining Amy and Andrea for today's All About Capital Campaigns. To learn more about them and their work together, go to capitalcampaigntoolkit.com. This podcast is recorded on a live webinar every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join the live sessions and get your questions answered by signing up today at toolkittalks.com. And please like, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform.